Insert gay card. I'm feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Wish I knew how queens. Susan, I'm gay. You can't love yourself. How in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Gay card revoked. <laughs> Hi, I'm Robbie Rosell. And I'm Rob Schneider. And this and is. This is- Gay card revoked. Oh, I love how you sounded like a game show announcer. Do it again. Well, a game car revoked. That was so game good. car, I said. The game, second time. game car revoked. <laughs> you, know, you know what it is? I've been watching so much Supermarket Sweep. As, as we, we all talked have. about on the last episode, uh, the But I'm a Cheerleader episode, I'm just obsessed with that guy. For, he must record those voiceovers in post, right? She's going for the hams. We've added to. the Johnny Luke hams this week. And she, <laughs> will she get five? She got five. Oh, now she's got chock full of nuts. It's the heavenly coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so many, like, it's, I'm just watching a lot of that because it's comfort television. There goes Frank running, and he's giving it out to his roommate, Todd. They live in a nice one-bedroom in Encino. <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to add the commentary narrative. Everything is coded. It's so it wonderful. It is coded. It's some of the worst hair I've ever seen. And a lot of, like, things, uh, like, the, the couple that I saw today were in a matching outfit. You're traumatized by this. She had like stretch pants and a belt. It was a choice. Choices were made. It's like she rolled into Old Country Buffet and was like, maybe I'll play Supermarket Sweep while I'm here. And I'm fine with that. Anyway, that's why, you know what? Gay card revoked. Here we are. I hope you guys loved the the But I'm a Cheerleader episode. I did. I did. Really great. Really eye-opening. I loved it. It was so nice to have Shannon and Caleb join us. And hopefully you've you've, you've followed their Instagram and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, Robbie, what are we exploring this week to make sure our gay card is not taken away from us? Oh, my gosh. We are looking at the 1988 Touchstone Classic. (laughs) I'm going to say it's a classic. (laughs) I'm glad that you put the studio in. But, yes, it is a classic. Here's the thing. Touchstone. Here's We're going to get to the reason we're talking about Touchstone. It is the Bette Midler. Lily Tomlin romp, big business. Oh, so good. So and good. you can get it. It's streaming on Disney Plus, or you can pay $17.99 on iTunes because Touchstone, like Disney, likes your money any way they can get it. So $17.99. But you can stream it right now. You've you spent money on Hamilton. Go watch Big Business. It's sort of the same plot. Honestly, it's very similar. Yeah, me. I was gonna say Renee Elise Goldsberry and Philippa Sue are big business. I would, I would go for that workshop. I would. And be there Jonathan Groff plays Rune. You, you look at you with your <laughs> casting ideas, and don't forget, everybody, we have a signature drink we to do, go along I with actually it. Have it this week. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm trying to make it a little bit more simpler. So this drink this week <laughs> is a Campari and soda, which Bette Midler orders in the movie. It's not just a Campari and soda. It's, it's about twins. Double. So we're yeah. doubling it. We're yeah. doubling it because it's twins. So you're going to have yes, a bitch. double Campari and soda. And mm-hmm. I am so excited to bring on our guest for this episode. Who can sug- we? Yes, yes, yes. Can we, can we just yes. mention that because we're recording this in Zoom and there are actually two of him up on screen right that now. That is true. He is. So it's a lot like looking at big business i hope you did you screen grab this right so that i did oh yes can, uh, amazing I'm, I'm making it a mural in my ha- apartment <laughs> honestly it's now my it's my uh phone background um <laughs> so let's 
so he recommended this movie. Yes, he did. He is an absolutely wonderful individual. He's one of Broadway's favorites. You might know him from the wonderful bathtub theater that he's been doing for the past oh, few weeks, it's so few good. months. It's genius. It is so years. good. Few years. Todd has been, been doing quarantine? it. <laughs> Todd has been doing it since 1972. That's true. 1972. They invented the phone camera in 1999. That's true. He was just ahead of the curve. <laughs> yeah. Just ahead of the curve. Folks, it is the one, the only Todd Bonapane. Todd, how are you today? I'm okay. How are you guys? I'm so happy to be here. And we, I have to say, I lobbied to do this. Yes. That's like the, the, the day this podcast came out first, I immediately texted Robert and I was like, these are the movies I would like to discuss when you eventually have me as a guest. When you get through the famous people you know and you have to come to me, these well, are the movies I would like to do. Welcome to episode seven. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everyone knows there's only six famous queer people. Yes. So then you get to me. <laughs> well, you are famously queer on yes. screen. Oh, first of all, I would also like to say, you guys, I'm not out. So can we just not talk about me being gay? Sure. <laughs> sure. Just kidding. All yeah, I am is out. Um, How's your um, wife, yes. Todd? <laughs> She's beautiful. I saw her on um, Supermarket Sweep earlier. <laughs> nice pantsuit. Nice belt. Yeah. That was no, great. Oh, I like when they have to wear the sweatshirts with the white collars underneath. Yes. When there was like yes. an outfit. I'm oh. in the sweater, um, the the sweater version of the series where the host wore like a different Cosby sweater every week. Yes. Choices were made in 1990. Do you know he choices. was a he was a performer staple at the music theater of Wichita for years. <laughs> he Wayne was a Bryan dancer. just kept throwing him in. Yes. Good. <laughs> he starred in State Fair. I know that. <laughs> it's the best State Fair in our state. Todd, Todd, everybody really, like, the, the way that the nation knows you is because you uh, were a staple on 30 Rock. If five episodes makes a staple, then I will take it. This bathtub theater is getting so much of us through quarantine. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's nice. It's getting me through quarantine. Where did you come up with the idea for it? How did this all come about? I was on tour with The Play That Goes Wrong. We were in Wilmington, Delaware. We never actually opened. We were supposed to open on a Thursday. And they shut us down. And they said, you stay in town because we might be going to Milwaukee on Monday. And then on Friday night, they said, you can go home. And they told us all to take the train. And we were like, no, thank you. And we convinced them to let us rent cars. So I drove back. I got sat on my couch and was like, I'm going to get really depressed fast. Because um, I'm always the person that wants a day off. And as soon as I get a day off, I'm miserable by noon because I feel like a garbage person. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. I keep and saying, so I wanted some time off and I should have been more specific. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a couple of days. Right? I was like, I, should, I could use a, I use a little time off. And it's been four months, five months. Yeah. I don't even know what year we're in. <laughs> I know. Um, anyway, so anyways, you're on so I put on Facebook. I was like, I've always wanted to do the My Babies monologue from Lost in Yonkers, which is Bella's big monologue from Act Two. And so mm -hmm. I put on Facebook. I'm like, if I did this, would people watch it? And people were like, Yeah. And then I was look. My roommate was home at that point. He left town two days later, but his girlfriend was here, and they were being so goddamn noisy. And I was like, Where can I do this? They won't shut up. And I was like. Well, I'll go in my bathroom and there's a curtain. So the curtain became a big part of it. And I have done 66. Wow. 
It's but yeah. what you're doing is just marvelous. It's yeah. it's entertaining it's very and it's helping so many people. Yeah. Okay, so Todd, when did you first see big business? How did you first encounter it? I mean, I in 1988, I was 10 years old and I assume I saw it in the theater. I don't even remember the first time I saw it. I just don't remember a time not loving this movie. I remember as soon as you could print things out on the internet, I like printed out a poster to hang on my wall. Oh, that's cool. That's incredible. Um, there's, I mean, there's that series of like elevated 80s comedies that all starred fabulous women. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, because like I wasn't super interested in like Fletch or um, what's that golf movie that everyone loves? Caddyshack. 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 Yeah, I've never seen it. Fun. It's like fun enough, you know, Thank but you. like there was something, <laughs> there was something about all these like, these Bette Midler and, and Shelley Long and all these movies of the 80s that like these women were giving us these elevated comedic genius performances. Mm-hmm. And also a time where like these women are beautiful, but they're not like sex symbols per se. Sure. And studios didn't really care. Yeah. Well, like nobody cared that my dad didn't want to sleep with Lily Tomlin. She was just a genius. So we're going to put her in a lot of movies. Yes. yes. And she's beautiful. I don't mean to say she's not beautiful, but like nowadays, all of our women stars are, you know, where they're either stunning or they're, you know, whatever. Go ahead. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And this specific studio touchstone, which, we talked about earlier, uh, actually sort of revived Bette Midler's career. Yes. Because she did The Rose. She's Oscar nominated for The Rose. She followed it up with a film that you can't find anywhere called Jinxed. And it was. And then she did nothing for a while because Jinxed was box office poison. And then she signed with Touchstone and did four movies in four years. Ruthless People, Outrageous Fortune, this movie, and then Beaches, and this movie and Beaches came out the same year, and Touchstone is really what, like, revitalized her and made her a very bankable name because she could, she would do them for, like, a low fee, but a piece of the back, and they would sell. Amazing. And now, if I understand it correctly, it was Barbara Streisand and Goldie Hawn, right? That's who it was written for. Supposed to be originally in big business. What? Yeah. My mind is blown. (laughs) Yeah. I will say, I think this is a case where, like, the replacement cast is better than what the original idea would have been. Just I like think. Sister Act. Just, just also Bette yeah. Midler. Yeah. Yeah. Was supposed wow. to be Bette Midler, became Whoopi Goldberg, and that's better. Although I would love to have seen Barbara yeah. Streisand milk that cow and, like, sing the hoedown <laughs> song <laughs> at the beginning of that. Hello, yeah, Jupiter that, Hollow. That, I know you're feeling fine. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Bet and Lily have like, and I know I have like a Laverne and Shirley team thing going on. Like, yeah. there's great physical comedy in this thing too. They're doing sitcom acting. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. the whole movie is a Giant Three's Company episode. <laughs> so, Todd, in um, a very short thing, tell us the plot of Big Business. <sighs> okay, so um, the uh, these two rich parents, and I guess the. 40s or 30s, I can't figure out when the movie's starting, the 20s, um, 
And um, they are driving, and the wife refers to being 40 weeks pregnant, yeah. which I looked up is 10 months. So that doesn't really work. Um, but the fabulous Deborah Rush is pregnant, and the baby's starting to come, and they are driving through West Virginia. That's where Jupiter Hollow is. Right. And the nearest hospital is like an hour away. So they um, go to this like small place where you have to be a member of the company. And so the dad buys the company just as a local that works for the company is having a baby. So each mom has twins, the twins get switched. And um, so we, then we like fast forward 30, 40 years. I, you know, I never know how old these women are supposed to be in these movies. Unclear. They, yeah. Um, Unclear. And then, um, and so the Mora Max, which is the big company that has bought the smaller company, which is Hollow Made. Um, Evil Bet now wants to <laughs> sell Hollow Made to some sexy Italian guy to have it strip mined. And then the, the the poor Bet and Lily are traveling to New York to stop the sale. Um, and the rich Bet and Lily are together, and Lily doesn't feel out of play, feels out of place, and poor Bet feels out of place. And then a bunch of hijinks ensue, mm-hmm. and they save the day. <laughs> and they all get married. They all yes. wind up with men. Yes. They, one of them marries the dad from Family Ties. It's like true. Yeah. the best thing ever. And also, it's like, okay, I was sleeping with that twin, but now I'm going to go with that twin. And I'm like, oh, that's a... I mean, hearts. I did get a lap dance from twins once in Fort Lauderdale, and it was worth the oh. money. Even though one of them stuck his butt in my face and the other picked my pocket, it was worth it because I got a lap dance from twins. However, it is in a worth Touchstone the money. movie from 88... <laughs> Uh-huh. This is uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's also based on Shakespeare's uh, Comedy of Errors, loosely. Very is it loosely. Really? Yeah, of course. Because the twins, the separated twins. Yeah, the separated twins who are mistaken for each other. But that's it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also love that there's like a there's always like the trope of the stronger twin, weaker twin, and mm. they really lean into that here. So like, poor poor Lily is very strong. And uh, weak Lily is definitely like, not at all. And uh, uh, a rich bet is very strong. Uh, and the weaker one is uh, poor bet. Poor bet. Yeah. Is that poor how bet. we're going to re- refer to them? I don't know. I don't know. There's the rat rich bet, poor bet. The... Right. Yeah, rich and bet, they have poor... the same names. They, they're both Sadie and they're both Rose. Rose and Sadie. Yeah. Because, they because the poor father... The poor yeah. father heard the names and was like, and they already had 10 kids or something. So they were like, I don't know, these. Also, <laughs> right. they really do a good job of of like kind of not taking sides in the rich and poor thing. Yes. Because mm-hmm. like the rich people are so extreme. And then the poor, I mean, the people that play the parents in the beginning are so good. Mm-hmm. They're so infuriatingly slow. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's so yeah. funny and then like the mom has had so many kids that she's like oh, and that's how she gives birth you know <laughs> oh it's so funny i mean in that birth scene that is like one of my first favorite quotes of the film the doctor is about to give a shot and says it'll just be a little prick and the rich mother is like that's what got me into this mess yes it's so right <laughs> out of the gate i'm like yeah i'm in here for this humor immediately 
And it feels to me, I mean, there's, they've got like the, like the naughty lines like that, but it feels so much like a 1930s screwball comedy. And every single person in this is just embracing this world. Everyone Mm -hmm. is in the same story, which they're all in the same movie. They're all in the same movie. And there's like 4 million of them because they're all twins, but it's absolutely (laughs) amazing that they're all in the same movie. (laughs) I looked up the writers of this movie. They didn't really have anything else except there, there are two writers, a man and a woman. The woman wrote, something Bel Air, I don't know. And then the man also wrote Xanadu, crazy. Um, but like, I actually think the movie is kind of skillfully written. They mm-hmm. keep like laying eggs that pay off later. I mean, in the end, there's almost too much. Like, I don't need the homeless guy that's also the rich man at the end. I didn't need that button. But they, they like lay a lot of seeds that pay off later. And I'm yeah. like, there's some skillful writing here, as silly as it is. I didn't hate that because they set that joke up earlier that if you stand here long enough, you'll see yourself come out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like every single person that walks out of the plaza runs into that homeless man. I'm like, right. they are really hoping this joke pays off. Yeah. I didn't hate that. I thought that joke was funny. So the screenwriter, the guy screenwriter, Mark, uh, Mark Reed Rubel, uh, his parents, or his mother and her twin sister, are named Sadie and Rose. Oh, that's so sweet. That's cute. Yeah, that's very so cute. They live forever. I like it even more now. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you know? I didn't know this, but I was doing my research that the Plaza Hotel would not let them film inside yeah. this, the Plaza Hotel. So all of that is a soundstage. Yeah. Any interior of the Plaza Hotel is a soundstage. That's a lot of money. So well, so much money that they built a sitcom around it later that flopped enormously. Yes, what's the sitcom? Do you know what it's called? Oh, uh, nut, it's nut part, place or something. The, the Nut House, and the who nut starred House. in it? Are you ready for this? <gasps> Harvey Corman and Cloris Leachman. Oh. They tried to take their characters from High Anxiety and put them into this sitcom called The Nut House. Todd is freaking out. Have you? I love yes. High Anxiety too. Me Cloris, too. <laughs> Cloris Leachman. You know, a great drag name would be Clitoris Leachman, but that's very different. <laughs> that was actually my, her name before she joined Equity. My, my drag name is Turkey Sausage Patty. <laughs> and then, um, but I also came up with a new one, Babbling Brook, which I think is great. You just made Rob spit. I waited for him to drink that Diet Coke. Really good. I heard somebody say recently because the times we're living in a drag queen should be called Anita Mask. (laughs) Yep. You're not wrong. That's good. That's that's also (laughs) that's not wrong. Not right, but not wrong. There's also a brother sister duo in this movie. Yes, which is so. I, I did not know this until I started watching the movie. Take it away. Mary Gross, who is Judy, and Michael Gross, who plays Jay, are real life brother and sister. Oh, I did not. I no. think Mary Gross is one of the most underappreciated SNL cast members of all time. And she's brilliant. At, I mean, she does, she's what, 12 lines in this movie? 12, but makes a I meal. mean, home run. I mean, home if run. you want full Mary Gross, you just turn over to Troop Beverly Hills and you're in heaven with full Mary Gross. Yeah. But, That's a movie we should cover at some point. Yes, yeah. Was that on Todd's list? Probably. It was one of my alternate pitches, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> Todd will come back for True Beverly Hills. We should also talk about, because there is a gay couple in this film. Yes. That's And not made fun of That's what I mean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's like a weird moment where they think they're in danger when like they think Rune has figured them out. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just not. But like, imagine in 1988, a gay couple that isn't 
the butt of the joke. They're yeah. kind of some of the sanest people there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're not sick or dying, you know? Right. It's yes. kind of a big deal. And they're not really played for laughs at all. And I don't think a lot of America totally understood what was happening because he says, where did you get that kimono from Nam? And he said, no, from Fire Island. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think, I mean, I don't know if people in Nebraska knew what the hell that meant. That's actually where I got my mask was Fire Island. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only place you're considered mask. <laughs> How dare you? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, so... <laughs> I think part, uh, a big part of this movie is the music that's used in this movie. So we should really discuss, because Bette has like two specialties. Both of yes. them involve yodeling. God bless. And she's really good at yodeling. Well, which is weird because she's from Hawaii. Where'd she learn first, it? She heard some <laughs> bottom getting railed in the bathhouse and it sounded like yodeling. And she just... Yodeling. Yodeling. She's like, I can do that. <laughs> Mr. Rose is gonna kick him in their little lay. Okay, so <laughs> the first time we see poor Bet, she's milking a cow on a stage, turns to the audience because they're at like this fair that's like a fundraiser uh, to go to the city to get Moramax to not sell Hollow Maid for strip mining. And so she turns, she's milking a cow in a full like two to uh, like a Frilly to gingham to two gingham yeah. thing and heels. Um, <laughs> sings a Mark Shaman special called Sister Rose is gonna kick them in their little Olay he who. Um, <laughs> that is wild. Uh, <laughs> and she just she wants out, she dreams of bigger things a lot like anybody who like you or me who like dreams of getting out of their small podong town to come to the big city and make it um which is fascinating and then later she also has a musical number she's just randomly standing outside of i don't know is it the plaza that she's standing outside of? i think she's outside fao Schwartz, which is across the street yeah um and steel drums are playing and she feels moved steel drums which makes me think of tkts every time like the 90s tkts where there was always like a steel drum player right outside of it and you stood in that line for four hours so you could get your tickets to uh, linda blair in greece um <laughs> listening to new york new york played on a steel drum so she's so moved by the steel drum music that she starts to yodel to it like full out there's like no mark it's fabulous and everything there's also so many montages like yes, music, we like love the montage. whole the whole opening is practically a musical montage it's all set to that that's which makes me think it's the 20s because that like music the it's sing the, sing sing oh right 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 yeah which right. is 20s right no um, the, the, it was late 30s but that was I, a song like every 80s movie yeah. like if they wanted I to show like, old-timey that was like the one they always played i feel oh. like this is set in the 40s because more max definitely is firmly in the 80s um i also like that montage of corbett shopping and like buying the sneakers and showing the guy in the window yeah. and looking at all the jewelry yeah. and poor lily like sneaking into people's rooms and like and then stamping all the napkins yeah that is so good it's i mean it's montage heavy this show and i couldn't love it more where did the montage go because for me, they were my favorite part of movies, like it those 80s montages. Exists, doesn't it? They're, you know where they are? They're on Grey's Anatomy. 
Oh, you know, I there's almost like a, a sad song montage at the end. That's, oh, that's where a, they go. Oh, I want a happy one. Like we want, want a clothes changing. Yes. Gown on. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like you come out with a gown, the guy shakes his head no, and then she comes yeah. out with the right one, and it's a big right. head. Yeah, yeah, I want what is that. It? Is it European Vacation? Where European they have like, Vacation. That is an ultimate change your clothes montage. <laughs> it is so good. I love that movie so much. <laughs> I also, first of all, we, we should talk about this full cast because it's not just Bat and Lily who are so superb. Fred Ward as uh, Rune. Is hot, hot. He is, you hot know what? Fuck. He's like, this is going to be a weird thing to say. He's like Tony Danza hot where like, I'm like, did you work out or did you just like play a lot of baseball with the boys? Yes. You know? Angela. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because I actually just watched an episode of Who's the Boss and I was like, oh my God, this is like porn. He's so yeah. hot. He's um, gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. But Fred Ward is very hot in this movie. Fred Ward and is Michael, very hot. He is. Michael Gross, who's Dr. J. Marshall. We've talked Handsome about Handsome guy. He's very ties. underwritten. He's very underwritten. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. I feel but like he had more scenes. he's got that son who is... Seth Green. No. no, the other guys. Oh, I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah. Wait, uh, the other guy is Michael, uh, Michael? Gross. Is, Michael Gross is the doctor. Right. Barry Primus. Yes. Is I think Michael. Ba- yeah. So that's Seth Green is his son. I'm so sorry. But young Seth Green. The casting in this film is genius because really I good. like, I love me a character actor. Yeah. I love me a character actor. And the fact that like Joe Grafasi shows up as as the as the bellhop that's Mystery of Edwin Drood's Joe right? Grafasi. <laughs> <laughs> Seth Green, Deborah Rush, like you said in the beginning, who oh, I love her so much. I love Deborah Rush so much. Edward Herman. Edward okay, now here Grandpa little, Gilmore. A little uh, musical yeah. a little Special musical guest every episode. A little musical theater trivia, if I may. Please Edward do. Herman, right, yeah. shows up, right, as one of the gay guys. And then Lois DeBanzi shows up as the receptionist in the restaurant at the plaza. She played Eleanor Roosevelt in the Annie movie, and Edward Herman played FDR in the Annie. <sighs> so I do was you know, like, okay, I just rewatched the movie and I was like, who is that woman? Why do I know who that woman is? She's totally Eleanor Roosevelt. She's Eleanor. And, and when people describe, when people say Eleanor Roosevelt, she's the face I think of. Yes. You think of Lois DeBanzi? And not, yes. the, not the actual picture of any Eleanor Roosevelt. I think no. of that woman. Uh, no. Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> that's Come so good. On. And Leo, you know, the president, I forgot that's Edward Herman. Right? <sighs> and you're Annie like, Annie oh. is crack for me. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Me too. That's one we will cover at some point. Oh, yeah. There'll I mean, be... I always say my first gay thought was watching the movie of Annie because other than, like, loving a musical, sure. there's a point in We Got Annie where the gardener climbs the trellis uh-huh. to give Anne sure. Ranking a, a rose or something, yeah. and it, like, pans from under him, and I remember thinking, I like that ass as, like, a kid. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's my first gay thought. Yeah, he's got a Gene Kelly ass. He totally. does. Mm-hmm. You I know what watch, else this movie? Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say I I could watch Anne Ranking say we got Annie and like <laughs> flow around in that yellow chiffon for the rest of my life. And I might have to watch it satisfied. when I hang up no, with no. you. Guys. You're welcome. <laughs> it's so good when it's both so of good. you hang up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when Rich Todd, poor Todd. They're all only poor Todd. Only poor Todd. <laughs> yeah. There is the, this movie has nonstop of like someone having an engagement with someone 
And then they walk away and they look and they like give a look, you know, yeah. where like they have, they act normal towards someone and they, and which is a very gay thing for me. I think when yes. you're like a queer kid growing up and you're react, you're acting in the normal world and you just wish you had someone to turn to and be like, what's with all these people, you know? And so there's like tons of people having interactions with someone and then walking away and giving you that, oh, these people look. It's, I mean, if you watch the movie Just Looking for That, I would say there's about 25 of oh, those. Oh, yeah. Within like the first 10 minutes with Bette Midler. <laughs> yes. Gosh, she's, so she'll, she's great. She'll give you a look. She'll give you a look. I was, okay, I was saying this to Robbie before we went in the air and I want to ask you, Todd. Does Lily Tomlin look like Ellen Travolta? in this movie that's i literally was like i'm like that's ellen travolta i'm like nope it's lily tomlin <laughs> just wanted some validation that's, that's okay insane. what is your reference for ellen travolta like how do you know ellen travolta uh charles in charge ellen travolta right that's all i know her from <laughs> and was she in anything else probably a couple of pilots but like <laughs> <laughs> did you know um, that lily tomlin before each take did you read this? Would yeah, spin around she in would circles. Mm -hmm. So she could be dizzy. So she for, would give like the flightiness, dizziness yeah. of the character. For yeah. Rich Lily. For yes. Rich Lily, yeah. Rich yeah. Lily who always loses shoulder pads. That shoulder it's pad very stuff funny. is brilliant. That's so great. Also like the dynasty bit. Oh yes, the, 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 the memorizing of the dynasty speeches. Yeah, the boardroom speech. It's you see it earlier in the plaza, like they're watching it on their television, and she's uh, poor Bat is like, oh, she's just so glamorous. I just want to be just like her, and like is mouthing that speech along, like it's for your consideration. <laughs> I love it so much, and then later just does that speech. In yeah, total. It's and it's the only thing, the thing that makes her almost go bad when bad, yeah. bad that is like come on, i'll introduce you to the most famous people and she's like joan collins yep i i'm also gonna say like for the 80s i found a lot of the special effects very good oh yeah the <laughs> until, un, until until the end when they meet but before <laughs> that like the like the running into each other like passing each other in the so, elevator i'm like that looks good it's that yeah. who framed roger rabbit technology I yes <laughs> <laughs> I will say for me, one of the funniest things, because it's not great, but it's really funny, is when Lily and Lily meet for the first time and they see, like, the four of them are together and Lily just keeps going, whoa, whoa, yes, yes, whoa, 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 whoa. And it's that reaction is a choice. It's a great I, choice. <laughs> I mean, I envy them because I have never done any kind of TV or film gig without being like, oh, I'm a full theater clown. Like, I feel like I'm always wanting to do way too much. And I'm like, look at these women not scared to be nope. big at yeah. all. And it's part of why we love the movie. I was going to say, my favorite sequence is when Lily Tomlin first shows up and there's that dog yes. in the elevator. I was like, yep. and she's made the leash from her scarf, like her mm -hmm. silk scarf. I'm like, I'm, that sold me. Like, first of all, you got Deborah Rush, and now you're going to show me <laughs> Lily Tomlin with a leash scarf. I'm in. <laughs> and a dog. Whoever did the dog casting is brilliant because the dog looks like Lily Tomlin. <laughs> well, that man would go on to cast the revival of Annie. That was Ellen Travolta's dog, ironically. <laughs> But also, Bet's first reveal where she has a <gasps> big hat on, yes. and she just like lifts her head up. 
Mm-hmm. Give me a sa- I mean, that's why this is a gay movie mm-hmm. because you get a sassy entrance and then you get a bumbly entrance. And yep. Like it just is giving me everything I want. It's Ninth Avenue Saloon. It's like all the entrances at Ninth Avenue Saloon. You'll get Not a anymore. sassy entrance. You'll get a bumbling entrance. You will get a I, leash. <laughs> I'm all three of those. Oh, I have said for years that this film would be an excellent musical. I agree. Now, yes. here's the question. Do you need to hire, like, because it's a film, it's easy for yes. one person to play both these parts. No, you, you hire two sets of twins. Hire twins. Yeah. So you get the Angans and who else? Who else do we have? Uh, like two Mueller's. <laughs> okay, so they can be sisters. As sure, well. you know, they don't, like, okay, okay. who looks enough alike that you're like, yeah, I buy that. Listen, if they can make Emily okay. Skinner and Alice Ripley look alike. But they, but they didn't have to be identical. They were just attached. They were joined. <laughs> anyway, um, who would write this musical? That's my question. Oh, give it to Shaman and Whitman again, right? Yeah. Hmm. No, you're, you're, you're disagreeing? No. What, I, what they, I think what they're so good at is like having snarky humor, but also heart. Because sure. yeah. the, all these movies, all these like, 80s elevated 80s comedies are almost like the music man in that they're like hilarious and elevated but there's a level of heart under it all that keeps us in the story absolutely absolutely and that's where i think something like caddyshack loses me where it's just silliness yeah there's no there's no heart to it it's a bunch of you know fart and dick jokes (laughs) except for jackie mason and caddyshack too because then there's him tangoing with diane cannon which, if you've never seen, is kind of amazing. Wow, you've really oh. leaned into the Caddyshack. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not a huge fan of Caddyshack 1, but I love Caddyshack 2 for Jackie Mason. <laughs> Great. I'm I like the golf. For you. Uh, I love the golf. I, like Robert, the golf do you, I feel like you just, when I'm not seeing you, you just must be consuming media. Because Correct. you have a reference for everything. I... Except for reality. Today he's like he's like, I'm so tired. He was probably up all night watching like Jamie DeRoy and friend videos because he he just fell over. Because he just consumes everything and knows it all. It's unacceptable, Frank. <laughs> so but like I wonder what like a David Yazbek score, because it has to be like a full musical. Oh yeah, that was good. Like yeah. give me that dirty rotten scoundrels kind of score. Yeah. D- Yazbek can write a funny lyric in a mm-hmm. way that very few people can yeah. today. That's true. Yeah, yeah, he's like a much dirtier Jerry Herman for me. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. But here's <laughs> the problem. Touchstone is owned by Disney. Sure. Oh, which right. is why it probably hasn't been made yet because Disney is focusing on... Family on features. Their, yeah. And Aida. I mean, this is certain. Yeah, this is certainly, I guess, a family musical if it's made, it, right? It is, yeah. It's a, it's it's about staying true to your values, mm-hmm. right? The importance of family and the importance yep. of not selling out. That's also, hog tying a child and hog tying a child. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You guys, by the way, Reggae I while rewatching it, I think his name's Larry that wants to catch the pig for bet in the beginning. Yeah, I was into Larry. I liked Larry. I thought she was going to go with Larry. He's like, I'm going to wrestle this one for you. <laughs> And she's like, I don't want a man that smells like pig shit. I'd be like, yeah, take a shower and I'll take it. You know, like. <laughs> well, this movie is highly quotable, and uh, we have some 
some quotes to play some trivia with you, Todd. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. 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 All right. Who wants to go first? Who wants go to go ahead, Rob? Okay. So this is a line that Sadie says. You're going to need to fill in the blank for me, Todd. Yeah. All right. Okay. She says, Is this how we dress for the office? You look like a blank, blank. It's a brilliant. Robbie yeah, and I were talking line. about before we went yeah. on the line. We're like, the, the specificity of this insult is so you good have to, to me. You have to tell it's, me. It's a Ben Midler standard. You look like a blood clot. Oh, yes. Oh, because I was thinking she was saying it to Lily, but she says it to that random woman that's in the white yes. and, yes. and red yes. dress. Okay, okay. That's a good line. And a like fabulous a walk and talk section. Uh, <laughs> yes. Comes in. Please. They invented the walk and talk. Aaron uh. Sorkin who? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Ask them the, all ask them the next big, one. Big business. <laughs> <And it> really, <laughs> Aaron Sorkin was like, if I could put big business in the White House, that's, that's, <laughs> and that's how the West Wing was created. Oh, my God, though. Allison it's Janney? like Sadie, like, ooh, Allison Janney would be so good in this movie because she's basically a Lily Tomlin. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's who she played in 9 to 5, right? Yeah, I right. know, but she now I want like, like a Netflix remake of it with like today's CGI. Or we do like Big Business 2, Road to the White House. Right. Yes. The Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> the Electric Boogaloo. That's a <laughs> great idea, guys. I'm really happy with our production company, Gus. <laughs> And what we've created in only a short couple of minutes. <laughs> okay, what's my next question? Well, what's Sorry. my next question? So, I feel like a failure. Dr. Parker, we've actually referenced this already. <sighs> Don't worry. It will only take one little blank. And Binky says, that's what got me into this trouble in the first place. He said Frick. it. Frick. Yeah, you're Frick. correct. Yeah. Amazing. All right. This is Rose talking to Sadie. All right. And Rose says, I had other plans this evening. And Sadie says, I know what your plans were to hold up in your room and make love to the pastry card. Now put down the blank and get down there. Eclair. Thank you. Thank you. That, that, I mean, I'm, I'm off sugar. It's miserable, but <laughs> everything looked so good that she was eating at yes. that moment. Yes. 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 Uh, <laughs> 80s pastries were the best. Pastries. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We should do a podcast called 80s Pastries. Oh. We, just go through. we don't have enough of them, so absolutely. Today, Todd's going to explore the Petty Four. Not even just, but like eating 80s pastries in film. Like yes. pastries and celluloid is what's important. I did my doctoral dissertation on pastries and celluloid. I'm going to skip what's on the page, Rob, because we've already said it. You go but, first. But, uh, uh, Edward Herman says to Rune, are you hungry? And Rune says, well, I sure could use a blank blank. Damn it. Todd is not gay. I just want to read that oh, from the top. Listen, listen. Um, well, I know they go for sushi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. But he says, I sure could use a toonie fish sandwich. Toonie fish. I was not going to get that at all. Wow. And okay, that's okay. And now Rose, Rose, this is your last one, Todd. You did pretty good, though. You did pretty yeah, good. I've you gotten got one. one for four. I've gotten one. <laughs> this, you should get this. Rose says, I hate my job. I hate shopping. I hate New York in blank. How about you? I hate New York in June. How about you? Brilliant. That's as a soon, great line. Soon as they throw in a show tune for us, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank you to these writers for acknowledging us. So, Todd, why is this movie important for you to keep your gay card? Why do gay people have to see big business? One, because there's a whole lot of drag queen inspiration in this. 
Like, I can't believe I've never seen a drag queen do the cow milking number. Yes. And, like, you could also, like, make it dirty. I'm just going to leave it there. Um, But, like, I think there's... I I love the ladies of the 80s. Because there was just something about putting the ladies of the 80s in power. And it was all about ladies of the 80s taking power. You know, like... Working Girl is so inspiring because somehow we all see our all gay men see themselves as Melanie Griffith in that movie. Uh, You're like the poor kid from Long Island that one, and then Harrison Ford wants to sleep with you, and it's perfect, you know. But like, I, and there's something about this like style of performance that's like a little bit camp, mm-hmm. but also very honest. Like they they don't take it too far, so we can actually care about these characters. It is basically musical comedy that's why there can be two musical numbers in this movie and we're just there for it no because in the one in the in the the seal drum one there's like a there's like a goof in that number did you guys know that no when sadie's standing there listening to it you can see her wig starting to fall off what yeah oh i gotta go back and see that now sure do Bette Miller's wig starts to fall off? Yep. Starts Ooh. to slip like she's Hermione Granger. <laughs> Hermione Gingo. <laughs> Gingo. Granger. It's going great. I haven't slept in a year, guys. I just put an album out. She's like George Hearn <laughs> in the first preview of Lacage. Oh. Bobby Pinnett, baby. Bobby Pinnett. I did a show last summer at Main State Music Theater and bowed my wig, my wig off. Oh. <laughs> like for my bow, I bowed and boom, my wig hit the floor. Can't relate. I don't get cast. Yeah. <laughs> sadness, sadness. Wonderful. So, wonderful but, but i think yeah i think you bring up such a great point which is you know in the 80s we had so many fabulous female take no prisoners wonderful leaders because we have what we have this we have what troop beverly hills oh yeah working girl anything with bet midler really was like the queen bet midler yeah, and, that, and, and Shelley Long for some reason. And Shelley Long, yeah. you said, yeah, yeah. Um, but even like down to like Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, don't like, fuck with the babysitter. Yeah, I mean, but these were about like women. Basically, it's about women finding their worth. Mm-hmm. And like, I just like the the movies of the eighties that were centered around men. I just didn't see myself in. I didn't see myself in Major League. I didn't see sure. like. Those were fun, but like these were movies that I had a great time in and kind of saw myself in. And um, because it was all we all we had, you know, we we had to find ourselves in things that didn't actually represent us. We had to find the other things. And I don't know if you agree with this, but I feel like in these female comedies, not only do they find out something about themselves, but then it's like paying it forward and helping others. Like we're going to save the small town. We're going to inspire these young Girl Scouts as opposed to these male dominated films where it's really about like self-gratification. Like I'm now rich and I got a girl and fuck everybody else. Right. And there's no sense of community. Yeah. The women are accessories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Robbie? Uh, What's the question? I'm so sorry. I was about to (laughs) ask one of my own. So oh, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I was going to say, why do you think this movie is an important one for us to watch? I think I think that there is an element of camp that no longer really exists in film, but an element of camp that uh, is intended. Mm. It's not. uh, It's not like a 
oh, look how ironic and campy this movie is because it's so terrible. This movie's wonderful, um, but there's an element of camp. Like Todd was saying, like uh, there's an element of drag that exists yeah. in it. And a lot of it is the, the, the poor to rich sort of drag when Bette like, gets her hair cut uh, to be... To, to and what did she say? I'm gonna get me those Lee press on nails. Do those things stay on? Yeah. Um, uh, and then they don't. And they no. don't. <laughs> it's wild. Um, th- but there's th- uh, there's also an empowerment of them because they're so such strong ladies. Who do you think those ladies are today? I think maybe like an Amy Poehler could do something like this. Mm-hmm. Christine but Baranski. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're finding them. But they, these Megan are people Lally. that find themselves on television yeah you know yeah. we're not going to get a, a nicole kidman big business sure oh maybe a M- melissa mccarthy big business yes yeah she yeah like you need somebody who does bold big 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 really and well melissa mccarthy is one of those people that like can do a film that's so and do a role that's so elevated but we care about her yeah mm-hmm. Tiffany Haddish. I find the same thing about Tiffany Haddish. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that bigness and you still care for her. You believe it. And, you believe it. You believe yeah. the bigness. Yeah. I mean, that's the other issue. A lot of these movies of the 80s were centered around white people. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. You know, like, once we, like, expand to looking at Black, Indigenous, people of color, we have, and, like, a lot of um, Black filmmaking, like, Tyler Perry stuff is a lot, is able to be elevated in a way or or just is elevated mm. in a way that a lot of like mainstream white films aren't so perhaps this is where like yeah i mean we should be i i would love to go back to a screwball comedy and like this and then have a really diverse cast because Absolutely. in this movie yeah. the only major black character is the driver of the limo oh yeah, yeah but yeah, he's yeah. the only character that is in the beginning and in the, in the later episodes because it's harlan in the beginning is younger and harlan grown up Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that's true. our only black character. I mean, there's people, there's extras, but that's all we really get. Yeah. We didn't even talk about the dotty nurse who mixed everything up at the very beginning. And I'm so sorry, listener, that we are now an hour into this and we are just <laughs> bringing her up because who is this genius? Is, she is so funny. Just she does a three act play without saying she, a word. Yeah. When, the, when when he's calling her and she has one of the babies, mm-hmm. she turns to go about five times. Like she <laughs> does a full play. She mm-hmm. also we establish her dottiness and her eyesight issues with a piss joke. Yeah. Yes. It's so good. Yeah. It's so, it's, so she she she's handing out snacks of apple juice and cookies. And takes somebody's urine sample that's in the same glass <laughs> and goes off into a room and you know, you you know snack that time she's going yeah, she's just says snack time. That's truly like her, her only, only line, line like snack in the time. entire she's in under five. <laughs> she is so funny. And I just felt that we needed to celebrate her properly for a moment. And again, listener, I'm really sorry that it took us an hour, but that's how great this film is. We wanted to save the best for last. It's an embarrassment of riches. (laughs) Really. That that could be a tagline for it. (laughs) Big business, embarrassment of riches. Uh Okay. I mean, the tagline was, two's company, four's a riot. 
Oh, really? Yeah. The other one was like that. mixed up at birth. Two sets of twins finally meet their match. That's very long. Right? Yeah. You just want like a tag. Two's company, <laughs> four's a riot. Thursdays at nine. That's uh, it. That's it. Yeah. I'm surprised nobody tried to make this a- That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Why didn't they make a sitcom out of this? Because of all the doubling, probably. Oh, that yeah. makes me it so would have had to be single cam. <laughs> and they weren't it's doing a, that. It's, that. A, it's a single cam. <laughs> nope. Oh, that that makes me sad. They could have put like Sally Struthers in it as Bette Midler's character or Lily Thomas. Oh. Like we put her in it. Who else? Oh God. Uh, at that time. At that time, sitcom, sitcom, sitcom. Hmm. Sally mm-hmm. Sally Struthers to me like feels Valerie like Bertinelli. Oh, I love Bertinelli. Or yeah. Valerie Harper. Valerie Harper. And Valerie. Sally. She got done with Valerie, know. so now she's gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's like she got killed. Fuck off you, Sandy Duncan, for the Hogan family. <laughs> I love the Hogan family so Me much. Me too. What? There's I one love... episode I had a of the Hogan family where somebody there's like a a kidnapping or something, and Sandy Duncan has to meet somebody in like a playground bathroom, like a men's room. And she just turns and sees a urinal and says, why do you put ice in your toilet? And it's so weird. And you're like, what? First of all, why is any of this happening at Thursdays at 830? But also the specificity of that bizarre joke is just really good. And (laughs) that stays with me. You're welcome. Did you you see No, No, Nanette at Encores when Sandy Duncan and and Rosie O'Donnell? The first line of Sandy Duncan's bio in that program was, Sandy Duncan does not have a glass yep. eye. Yeah. Yes. Yep. 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 I th- that production should have transferred because I, I, <laughs> I loved it just for that bio line alone. Or <laughs> <laughs> where she, she was... did that thing on the phone where like in 1930s, like nobody like ever waited for the other person to talk. So she was like, hello, can I have the room? Yes. Hello, room. Can I speak to the doctor? Yes. Doctor, can you come down immediately? Thank you so much. And then there was like a knock on the door. I was like, done. Like, yes, you're all brilliant. Take my money. She was the best Roxy that I saw on Broadway of the 972 who played I've heard that. I heard her Roxy was fantastic. Her, and she was opposite Ruthie Angel. It was like, chef She's very talented. Yeah. She's very talented. So, okay, so can we put Edie McClurg in this somewhere? Can we put Edie McClurg in in Big Business as a supporting character? I mean, she'd have to be Mary Gross. Yeah. Right. All right. Well done. We'll we'll work it out, guys. We'll get the time machine. We'll go back and, and pitch it to NBC. <laughs> well, Todd, we're going to have you on once a month so that we can talk through your entire yeah. list. Yeah, this is great. Because you, you know, Todd. one of the other things I pitched was the Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh. Because like that is like my, I think that's one of my first times I was like, these are weirdos and I'm mm. a weirdo and they go to Broadway and I want to go to Broadway and we're all queers together. You I would feel for very sure strong. be the one human among the Muppets. Okay. Todd, this was, we are so happy that you, you did this. And everyone, where can we find you on the social media, Todd? I am Todd Buonapane on Twitter and Todd.Buonapane on Instagram. Ooh. Todd once uh, yelled at me because I said his last name wrong at a talk show that I hosted. What, how did you say it? I, I think I said Buonapone, I feel like. And you told the, uh, like, wanting... Uh, Should I tell that story yes, now? It's very good. Okay, so Lena Hall, the very talented Lena Hall, before she was Lena Hall, was Selena Carvajal. Right, and you can that see was that her on name. the search the, for Elwoods. Yeah, the Legally Blonde show. Right. So 
I was in I was an understudy in Spelling Bee, and I think she had been on the Legally Blonde show at that point. And someone was releasing a book about their struggle with meth. And she and I were the celebrity readers. And I think it was like at the Snapple Theater or something like that. Of course. So they call it was just some weird game. Did like Clea Blackers uh, open for you? How did that go? <laughs> no, they couldn't even get her. Um, so they call up they call up Selena Lena first. Uh-huh. And they say, our first reader is Selena Carvajal. And she gets up and she goes, no, it's Carvajal. Like you're carving a hall. And all the gays just stare at her. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so then they, they bring me up and they're like, and our next one is Todd Boonpain. And I said, no, it's Buonapane. Like you're buoning upon it. <laughs> And all the gays were like, oh, and I still have people that come up to me and they're like, I was there that day you called her out. And I was like, well, I wasn't trying to be mean. I just saw the joke and I took the joke. <laughs> Travis Geisler still calls me wanting upon. Oh, I love it. I yeah. think of you that way every, every, every day, really, because I think of you every day. Because I just Aww. love you so much. I love you guys. We love you. Thanks we so much you. for doing this. We hey, love Rob. both of you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still looking at the <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. It'll make we sense do. when you see the image. It's honestly my favorite production of Sideshow has been watching this. <laughs> Absolutely. Show. Absolutely. So, hey, Rob, what are we doing in two weeks? What hey, is the people's homework? We are exploring one of my favorite films, and I know it's one of your favorite films, Robbie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is. Auntie Mame. We are going to explore Rosalind Russell in Auntie Mame. A classic, a classic for you to keep your gay card. Classic. You get full theater blackouts at end of (laughs) scenes. It's everything. I love it so much. It is epic. And her performance is one of the funniest that's ever been committed to show. Truly. So we're going to explore that. Let's uh, we listen. You can find us at G Revoked on mm-hmm. all the social medias. Mm-hmm. You can rate, subscribe, and uh, review us, uh, Apple Podcasts, because uh, reviews help uh, other people find us, and we'd like yeah. to be found, much like Evan Hansen. You will be found. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you, Todd. Thank, thank you, Rob. Thank you, Robbie. Thank you, Robbie.